Good evening, dear friends. Today is Tuesday, the 11th of February, 2020. Our readings for this evening are Psalm 78, verses 40 through 72, and the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 53, through chapter 8, verse 11. I seek the one who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. Yahweh is his name. Yahweh is her name. Yahweh is their name. Dear friends in Christ here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Glory to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Creator in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God. Creator, Incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices. O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 78, verses 40 through 72. How often they rebelled against God in the wilderness and grieved God in the desert. They tested God again and again. They provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not keep in mind God's power or the day when God redeemed them from the foe, when God displayed God's signs, God's signs in Egypt and God's miracles in the fields of Zoan. He turned their rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. God sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. God gave their crops to the caterpillar and the fruit of their labor to the locust. God destroyed their vines with hail 
and their sycamores with frost. God gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to thunderbolts. God let loose on them God's fierce anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. God made a path for God's anger. God did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck all the firstborn in Egypt, the first issue of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. God led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And God brought them to God's holy hill, to the mountain that God's right hand had won. God drove out nations before them. God apportioned them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested the Most High God and rebelled against God. They did not observe God's decrees, but turned away and were faithless like their ancestors. They twisted like a treacherous bow, for they provoked God to anger with their high places. They moved God to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, God was full of wrath, and God utterly rejected Israel. God abandoned God's dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where God dwelt among mortals, and delivered God's power to captivity, God's glory to the hand of the foe. God gave God's people to the sword and vented God's wrath upon God's heritage. Fire devoured their young men and their girls had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then God awoke as from sleep, like a warrior shouting because of wine. God put God's adversaries to rout. God put them to everlasting disgrace. God rejected the tent of Joseph. God did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but God chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which God loves. God built God's sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which God has founded forever. God chose God's servant David and took David from the sheepfolds, from tending the nursing ooze God brought him, to be the shepherd of his to be the shepherd of God's people Jacob, of Israel, God's inheritance. With upright heart he tended them and guided them with skillful hand. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on me, God's creation. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of God's servant Israel, for God has remembered God's promise of mercy, the promise God made to our forebears, 
to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Glory to you, gracious Christ. John chapter 7, verses 53 through chapter 8, verse 11. Then each of them went home, while Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of admitting of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go on your way, and from now on do not sin again. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, gracious Christ. I believe in God, the Creator Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your country come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the nation, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. 
let's use in place of the suffrages our litany for healing from enriching our worship volume two. Give me just a sec to find it, folks. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Jack, Jaka, Colin, Paul, Oscar. Paul and Colleen and Andrew and all of those whom you place upon our hearts in this moment, dear God. We lift them and we hold them in the light. God the Creator, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the Word incarnate, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit, those who are bereaved, hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. Heavenly Creator, you have promised to hear what we ask in the name of your word. Accept and fulfill our petitions, we pray, not as we ask in our ignorance, nor as we deserve in our sinfulness, but as you know and love us, 
in the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us. Through the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Gracious Christ, stay with us. For evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, Look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of our loved ones. Comfort us. Grant us the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love, who love you. And help us to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to God in heaven. Grant us, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence. <coughs> where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity to ages of ages. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, 
and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Let's share a few thoughts on the readings. And um, since we didn't get a chance to do that this morning, maybe we will cover them all, you know, because we, we did our prayer this morning, but we didn't, um, we didn't really do kind of a review of, of this morning's reading. So we can kind of cover the whole day here. All right, so starting with the psalm. This to me is another song, psalm about remembrance and remembering everything that God has done and honoring what God has done and having faith and trust in God to continue to do for us. And it's also a song about God's redemption. And I think it's a cautionary tale about the pain and immense sorrow and devastation of turning away from God. And I think for us today, it is a particular reminder. So all these things came up for me today in conversation with various friends. I was today was a day of great stress and and trial and um, and it was difficult, friends. And and only with the help of friends was I able and, and of God, of course, to persevere in faith and prayer. And one of the blessings within that time of extreme discomfort was that I got to talk to many of my friends, right? Which I'm, I'm just, you guys have heard me talk about the blessings of relationship in this season. So during these conversations with friends, um, remembrance came up quite a lot. So I think that there's a direct correlation between how um, enlightened, awake, and woke... <laughs> A person is and how much hardship they have lived through and I was you know talking with one particular friend of mine about this very thing although I, I hadn't discussed the verse yet but I'd read it this morning I'd read the first half of the psalm this morning and I said you know it's both easier for a person who's lived through a lot to look back and remember how often God has delivered us and come through and worked the things meant for evil for our good, you know, brought us through the time of trial into the time of blessing because we've lived so through so many of those cycles. It, you know, we can look back and, and see that. And also it is, a common distraction 
for us to, even in a time of blessing, feel like the other shoe is about to drop or like, I've just gotten a chance to breathe. Where's the next dunking going to come from? And as hard as it is, and it is hard for me right now, friends, I really think that we have to hold fast to, as our liturgy says, the only security being in God, true joy and peace are found in God and are not shaped by circumstance. And that's not to say that we can't be happy about wonderful things happening or those moments in our lives that are glimpses of heaven, but also the everlasting joy and peace is found in God. And so let us remember the times of trial and the deliverance from God out of the times of trial. And let us, when under pressure or stress, turn to God, to seek God, to run to God, to find shelter under God's wings. Amen. Our Hebrew scripture this morning was... A reading from Genesis and it talks about Isaac's spiritual inheritance from Abraham so God appears to Isaac and tells Isaac that that God is going to give to Isaac everything that had been promised to Abraham because of Abraham's faithfulness. And then it goes on to tell us that, and I think this is very interesting, Isaac sowed seed in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. we've been talking a lot lately about how sometimes you have to wait to reap what you have sown. You have to sow the seed and it takes a while to see the fruit. And here Isaac is sowing and reaping in the same year. And I'm not entirely sure what to make of that in our particular current context other than to say that those times will come. There are both times when you sow and reap in the same year and also times when you sow and you persevere in patience and prayer and wait for the fruit. And then I think it's very interesting that Isaac is then outcast. You've become too powerful for us. How many times have we, especially women in our culture, been outcast, been pushed away, been smacked down or derided, you know, we can go on and on because we are feared for our power. 
Because regardless of gender, our society doesn't make space for shared power or talent or wealth or beauty or charm or any of those things. We're always in competition with each other. But the truth is, friends, that you can be powerful and I can be powerful. And we're even more powerful when we share power together. And you can be charming and I can be charming. My light shining does not diminish the shining of your light. We've been trying to learn that one since ancient times, huh? And here's, here's another example of it. So yes, all this regardless of gender. And then also, I have found personally in my life that not all, because there are those, you know, Jack and my dear friend Robert among them, that are not part of this toxic masculinity. But I have found in my experience that there are many men who feel especially threatened by strong women. That the competition within gender is just exponentially increased when it is a woman who is seen as gaining power, intelligence, capability, any of those things that are seen as being a threat. And what I have to say is this, don't dilute yourself, don't water yourself down, because God made you just the way that you are. And you will never be outcast from God. So when you are too much for the world, turn to your creator and take faith and rest in the love and companionship of the one who made you. And eventually, Abimelech and company, they do come around. And I think it's so interesting that they were in so many ways so blind, and yet, in verse 28, they said, We see plainly that God has been with you. And so something opened their eyes. They were able to see God's presence. And there was hope and reconciliation. So I think we should have hope for reconciliation. And we should not twist ourselves into unnatural, unholy shapes in order to try to please those around us. Rather, we should, as cheesy as it sounds, be the selves that God created us to be. Live into those best selves, those true and holy selves. And trust that in time, both things and people will come around. And please don't take that to mean that, that we should stick around when we are being abused or mistreated. I hope you know by now that that's not what I mean at all. I just mean that we should not 
sacrifice ourselves to conform. Rather, we should have faith that there will come a time when eyes are open and reconciliation is worked. Amen. Our New Testament reading So the first verse we read from Hebrews is like the ideal leader, follower situation. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls and will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with sighing, for that would be harmful to you. And how easy would it be to follow a leader who was keeping watch over our souls and accounting to God for their care of their followers who were doing this with joy. That'd be a pretty easy leader to follow, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, this is not always the case. But I would pray this. We are all in some way leaders. I know, trite but true. So may we be leaders who keep watch over the souls of those we lead with great care, giving account to God. And may we do this with joy. This is a good reminder to me. There are certain places in my life where I lead and I have become somewhat burnt out. Whether it's from the administration of leadership or it just being one of those seasons when I'm giving a lot out to the group that I'm leaving and not getting a lot back. But this is a good reminder of what a joy and honor and a responsibility it is to lead and how all leadership should be done in the utmost close cooperation with God for God and dedicated to God and accountable to God it's a good reminder And then we're reminded here, too, that, that it is Jesus who makes us complete. It's nothing else. It's not the perfect job. It's not a soulmate. It's not a spouse. It's Jesus who makes us complete. It's God who created us from the very substance out of which God's self exists. Who completes us. And God is always working in and among us through Jesus, shaping and healing 
and restoring and making right, making holy. So yes, as the writer of Hebrews closes, grace be with all of you. Grace be with all of us. May we take it so to heart and draw so close to God and dwell in the presence of God. And then to our gospel reading from tonight. So this is probably a familiar story to many of us. I um, do think it's interesting, according to my commentary, this is a quote, this story is not part of the major manuscript tradition for the gospel and is likely a later edition. Now, you know, I'm just always kind of interested in the history of the scripture too. But let us ask the Holy Spirit what this scripture has for us today. So first, I think it's er interesting that um, Jesus went down early in the morning again to the temple. Early in the morning is a wonderful time to seek God, but it's not normally a time that I think of for teaching first thing in the morning. Having done some teaching, first thing in the morning is kind of a rough time, you know? It's kind of nice. That's why we have introductory first periods or why sometimes we like spend a little time easing into it. Um, if you're adult students, get a cup of coffee, you know? That first early morning class is kind of tough. But all the people came it doesn't say some, it says all the people came and he sat down and began to teach them. So this is, they awoke with this desire in their hearts to learn. And then the scribes and the Pharisees bring into this teaching environment this woman caught in adultery and they make her stand before all of them. They publicly shame her. And they're not doing it to redirect her, to try and save her. They're doing it to test Jesus. And it reminds me of something, I haven't said it in a while, but I used to say it to my airmen all the time. Before you open your mouth, before you put pen to paper, before you type those words, ask yourself, is the intent to help or hurt? And if the intent is not to help, then shut your mouth. <laughs> and so the intent here was definitely to hurt. And the woman was almost collateral damage. Jesus was the target. But Jesus bends down and writes. And that's in and of itself striking because literacy wasn't very common then. 
And then he says, and we all probably remember this line, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And of course, none are without sin. But it's so fascinating to me that they actually like acknowledge this and walk away because that's not so common in our current culture, right? And probably wasn't common then either for people to acknowledge that they too are flawed. It, it, it's more common for us to refuse to see our own flaws and simply react at others, you know. Um, unfortunately, it's all too common when the mirror is held up to folks in our culture today that instead of being open to that feedback, there's just defensiveness and retaliation. And that's a tough one because just like there's been a lot of wounding done under the guise of submission and humbleness and other things we've talked about, there's a lot of wounding done in our culture under the guise of correction, and, and I mean in our Christian culture. So where is that line between feedback and wounding? And I think it comes back to that simplistic saying I had that really conveyed, it comes back to intent. Is this from, from a place of love? You know, that we so love our co-created equals, our beloved siblings in Christ, that we want to help them to be free from something that we, from an objective observe, point of observance, can see is ensnaring them. Do we want healing and wholeness for them? And I think that we can filter it back the same way. Is what is being offered to me intended to help or to hurt? And so often, and you've heard me say this before, it's not about us, it's about them, or it's not about me, it's about them. And in this case, that's the truth. This wasn't about the woman. This was about the Pharisees. This was about their ulterior motives. And so we should filter what we give and we should also filter what we receive, my dear friends. Jesus doesn't condemn us. We don't need to let other humans condemn us either. We don't need to accept whatever junk is being given to us, you know, whether it's public shaming like this woman or retaliation or just, as you guys have heard me say before, and as my dear friend Doc Maggard would say, it's in the well, comes up in the bucket. We don't have to accept the junk that people are offering us that they actually are dredging, dredging, dredging up out of themselves. 
And when we seek to show others their humanness, that they are Sorry, I kind of lost what I was saying there. Um, Let it not really ever be us seeking to correct or to make others aware of their own sin. But if ever, let it be Christ working through us and let us maintain that humility that is true humility, which is the awareness that we are all equally and beautifully created and we are all equally human and sinful. Not one of us is better than another, not in how we were made, not in who we are, and not in what we do. I think that's about all I have to say on that this evening. Thank you, friends. Almighty God, creator of all mercies, we, your created, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by the grace of Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our God, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.